Welcome to Out of the Common. We're a brother and sister duo with extravagant goals where we've had to bridge the gap from perceived reality to actuality. I have an early stage mining venture potentially worth many billions, and Vanessa, she's an experienced healer. She connects the spiritual, energetic, and physical pathways within her functional wellness clinic. Join us here every week as we discuss some of life's adventures, current events, and ways in which true healing happens. By experiencing life through a different lens, you may indeed just find the path that's right for you. And that is what we hope to achieve. I want to talk about a couple of things because we have a pretty awesome base. And I know that there's hours and hours and hours about your project in this system. But going back to Egypt, and you can answer yes or no or say like you, you don't want to answer it or whatever you're comfortable with. But do the hieroglyphics depict the system or part of the system? The hieroglyphics do have answers to the system and I have studied them in depth and I do see the conceptual charts of time in closed off landmarks that they don't really open to the public. The wings. I've, I've seen the wings. So if obviously if this information has been hidden for thousands of years, it's fair to say I've, I've never seen it on any documentary, anything about the hieroglyphics. I think they're like so far off base on most of that stuff. Oh, well, even the Sphinx. So this was the wonderful part about <laughs> learning some of the mysteries is in the dial, in one of the arc measurements, one of the first arc measurements, it actually places Virgo in the stars in the zodiac path around the outside of a clock. And the first time began 4,000 years B.C. in the zodiac of Virgo. And then when the clock stopped, it ended in 6,000 years later. It ends time on Earth in Leo, which is a lion. And so you look at the Sphinx and you're like, oh, the head, the virgin heads off time. It gives it a head start to time. And at the tail end of time ends in Leo. And it's showing you that the Sphinx that sits in the middle of this huge desert underneath the starry sky, <laughs> watching the Zodiac for ages. Completely random. God, random, right. And that God's saying, hey, look to the ancient ways of the wise men who even followed the East Star of Christ. And that's how they knew the child was born. Um, Since we're on so, Egypt, do you want to say what the pyramids were used for? Sure. Um, I think this is just so cool. And nobody knows this information. I I just think this is all fascinating. But if you would share what the pyramids are used for. Okay. Well, so yeah, I've already discovered and disclosed in my own work, every miracle that every wonder that everyone's going, I wonder what that's for or why this was. And it's like, it's so obvious when you put the whole story together. It's so simple. Okay. So (laughs) the, (laughs) the pyramids were designed so that the children of the pharaoh would all be taken to the pyramids. And there were many, many, many pyramids. And each one had a different god over them, like a different fallen angel. And the children would go to those temples. And if that the power of that temple was supposed to be their power while in reign as pharaoh, they would and they would like worship in that temple and they would work in that temple and that would be their primarily productive power during their dynasty. So every pharaoh wore a different hat and the hat that they wore revealed the power of that particular pharaoh. So the Great Pyramid in Egypt 
was designed for producing gold in the process of alchemy. Kaboom. Kaboom, right. And so what they did... So they they never had any gold. They made it because they had the powers of alchemy. Right. They have empty caverns and empty mines today, but there's no gold found in them. Right. I think that's the most fascinating thing. Because there was no gold. They didn't right. pull it out of their ground. Right. They carried, they showed in the hieroglyphics Bingo. the slaves carrying it up the sides of the pyramid into the bath of the, and Chris, you know this because we actually purchased a kiln and produced the same product through granite and iron. And the iron, so you could use lead, you could use iron, and you put these rocks inside of the granite. But and they had we're like, not going to talk about how we experimented or, or did that. But I want to get to the point that, number one, it uses the system. Like, it's part of alchemy. Like, you can even see the molten, I think it's in the king's chamber, right? Where it all melts down and goes, like, that whole edge is kind of rounded off. Right. <clears throat> so they're carrying the rock up to then put in and change to gold. Most right. people think and- they're carrying the rock up to make the pyramid. No, they were carrying it in bags. So they were carrying the rock up in these bags over their shoulder, and they would put them in the granite tombs because they've done, scientists have done experiments on the tombs, and it shows there's never been a body in there. And this is so funny. There's all these cows and bulls underneath a row of stars, and the, the archaeologist says, oh, they must, they worshiped bulls at that time. That is not what happened. The bulls represent the zodiac, so the stars in the sky that have points stemming out from them. My gosh. And the row of stars represents all the stars in the sky. It's telling you to look to the sky for the bulls. The bulls is the zodiac symbols of the molten sea of the zodiac. And so they would put the rock in the granite, and the granite, the iron and the black rock would exchange properties once the, the lid was sealed in the heat, and that's why you always had someone in there fanning the sarcophagus. They would be fanning it because it would produce heat. It was like stoking a fire. It was hot at the top of the pyramid. And then it would exchange its properties, and it would take the gold out of granite, out of the big granite stone. And You know, these are like earth-shattering things that you're talking about right now that people are going to be like, kaboom, mind-blown. <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, I that, this, I thought, we talk about this like it's normal. It is normal. It's our life. <laughs> it's your life. Like, you know. Yeah, I know. It's You know, when you start working in powers and then you start looking at technology and man and you start going, wow, nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> no. And that's what Vanessa and I have been talking about, you know, looking at all of this through a different lens of frequency and energy and the spiritual realm of what's actually affecting us in our workplace. And it goes on and on. But speaking of energy frequency, like this system is set up on God's frequency, is it not? Right. Like this is the frequency. Right. I mean, (laughs) you have such a vast supply of like working gauges in the whole cosmos. It's just so funny, the technology that we have here and even the stuff that the government's been hiding from us that they have that they've reverse engineered or whatever they've actually done is absolutely nothing compared to this system. Right. And the problem with that is when man reverses the technology and reverse engineers everything, then 
they're playing God and they disrupt the system that's designed to naturally heal itself, just like our bodies. Well, they're not so, reverse engineering this system, God's system, but... Well, right. Other a, systems, a, like, a, like GMOs. Quote, unquote, allegedly, you know, UFO crashes and things like that, the stuff that they've taken, they've had to reverse engineer. Allegedly. Right. Or like chemtrails and pollution and the water. You said it, not me. You said it, not me. Gosh, you're going on a conspiracy theory binge here. No, it's they're real. Like GMOs are real. I Everyone like to knows call it conspiracy them. facts. Okay. We're, we're going to touch on two two things before we end this because I think we have a pretty cool foundation. The wings with the uh, time capsule, like in the Freemasons, right? Okay. So, where do they they put that on their headstones, or only certain certain ones do? The thirty third rank in Mason at the top. So they, they put right. it on there. Right. What do they think it means and what does it actually mean? Well, the Internet today says it means that time flies. But Which is truly, what, right, is not the secrets of the Masons. Truly, it means that they once, because they were, the, the Masons did construct the Temple of Solomon and the, they knew. The Masons don't the, even know their own secrets anymore. Probably. <laughs> They're so secret, the damn Masons don't even know them. Probably not. But the hourglass and the wings actually used to mean that they had the power of teleportation. No, that's so, what that means. Right. They just and have no idea. For them, it means time flies. That's why he was here and now he's dead. Time flies. Boy, <laughs> 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 this is so secret. Right. And um, so... But it's sad because, like, we used to have the Webster Dictionary, and Webster was a great mason, and he knew some of the secrets, or at least had knowledge of them, where most people don't even know about them. And so now you have Winky Encyclopedia, and that's just people randomly putting on their own oh, definition. Wiki, Winky. Wiki. <laughs> I don't know. I try not to use it. It's horrible. Sounds like, like you use it a lot. Maybe there's a different no, one called Winky. <laughs> yeah, public speaker, I'm not. People people so, put whatever they want into Winky. I'm going to call it Winky from now. I like that. <laughs> Wiki. Wiki. So anyways, it's a horrible system because now people are putting urban definitions in or slangs and true meanings are being lost. Now, one of the things when I first started doing the codes is I used the Webster Dictionary and under the word table... Number 16 definition said mathematical table. And then I knew that the tables of the covenant for sure were these mathematical tables. So is that, so, that's what you call your project, right? Talk tables of the covenant? Correct. And they're mathematical tables, not like a table we eat off of that everybody would think of, correct? Right. They're all arced mathematical curvatures of like the zodiac clock. This information is so incredible. Compass. Yeah. And when you put them all together and you know how the system works, then you can work any of the powers that Christ did in different time frames. You know, okay, for example, I could give you this part. Everyone's always like, oh, we're praying and we're laying on hands. But you got to remember, Christ walked in the day and he healed at night. And everyone goes, oh, that's because it was hot. Well, there was times of different days where there were shadows where he was able to heal. But the majority took place at night. And there's a whole, like, inner exchange of energy at that time 
from the moon and sources that are not there during the day because of the sun that are shadowed. And that's why they call it the shadow degree. And so you have to really pay attention to what everyone's doing. And then you can see, wow, now if I want to lay hands on somebody and heal them, I'm going to have to do it in the shadows, you know, so. I'm going to have to have more information first and foremost, and then can go from there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right. But um, it's all in the Bible and anybody can do it like me, but I've dedicated over 20 years. If anybody, obviously not everybody can do it. You've been chosen to do this task. That is very clear. In the Bible where it says about going down to the potter's house, it does say in the next verse after that to the Israelis nation that they too could have done what the potter does on the wheel if they would have just given their life over to God and, you know, sincerely. Mm -hmm. And so I think anybody really could, but I've been on fire and impassioned by this project for over 20 years. So yes, I've come a long way. But I think that's part of why you put the information out and how it's come up because you want people to know about it because it should eventually be used. Obviously, used for good. Maybe not. not. Maybe it just needs to be known about. What do you think, Sherry? Well, first of all, my first excitement about the project was, oh, this brings God into science and math and every field of study like astronomy and astrophysics and, you know, rocket scientists, like every subject, whether it's the study of weather or time, like no matter what it is, it's included in the project and it brings those fields into God. And I thought that was really critical because a lot of people who are scholars or geniuses, they don't accept God because it seems almost like a fairy tale, like, oh, Santa's coming, you know, and um, this makes them step back and say, wait a minute, if it's all recorded in the word of God, I better take a second look and maybe reconfirm my belief system. And so I was excited that it would wake up people. And then two, it seems like people are starving in the churches. When they go to church, they're tired of hearing a message given from the pastor's viewpoint versus the Mm. scripture's knowledge. Gosh, that's such a problem these days. Mm -hmm. And so they're starving. And so somebody could go and say, look, today I'm going to teach you the mysteries of the universe, they're going to go there and they're going to rededicate and reconfirm their faith in God. And they're going to be back on fire for God. Like something needs to feed the sheep in order to keep them alive because they're dropping like flies. I'll tell you, it's one of the most, it's one of the most fascinating things I've ever heard of in my life. Obviously this isn't the first time I've heard it, but thank you. I think it's well, that's another, so cool. problem, another problem with spiritism. So when people are filled in the church, they go off into other directions because they want to feel something in order to feel alive. And even if it's mm. something bad, they would rather feel it because it makes them feel something. I agree. That's and, a good point. And so if we could bring the truth back to the church, then the church could feed them and they wouldn't go elsewhere because there's no greater power than this because God created all things. He knows how the system works. Everyone's He's trying to stand one. in the way and play God. And have that like mechanism of control just to find out if you actually took a step back, find out that you actually have zero control. Right. With that, do you think that your project's related to my mining project at all? (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
dead. <laughs> let, your, <laughs> let the audience know I call you dead. Well, um, I think it's the no now. Uh, yes. Well, if you don't mind telling them we're we're gonna try. We're we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna save it. I just wanted to hear, but I do want to end on um, speaking of your project and mining your mm-hmm. gold coin. Oh, my coin. Yeah, your coin. Yeah, the one with the face of Christ on it. Yeah, that one. The one that there's only like, tell that because that's great. Okay, that is that is a magnificent story. Museums have actually wrote me letters saying what a fascinating story. And then the Vatican shut you down completely. But anyway, right? Well, they threatened our. Well, they threatened. They actually sent a threatening letter to. My manager at the time. It was more than a cease and desist. It was like, you will disappear, dot, dot, dot. Right. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> we laugh, but it's so serious. Because <laughs> it's not the first time we've had to deal with this stuff. Okay, so I had this coin in our family for generations and generations. It will, actually, it would look like a little religious medallion sealed in resin in a ship. And so, you know, it bothered me. I always looked at it and I'm always like, I don't think that's a metal. I think that's something. Like I always knew, my spirit knew. So I took it down like 20 years ago to Wabash in Chicago, Fifth and Wabash, which is the Diamond Mart. And I took it to a woman who was a doctor of Tibetan gemology. And she looked at it and photographed it and did some studies on it. And she's like, this is 2,000 years old. And she tried to pop the coin out, the medallion. And I'm like, no, no, don't. I was so afraid that it would ruin it. And so she estimated it like 2,000 years. So in the Bible, it says that one of the apostles asked Christ, well, should we pay taxes to Caesar? And Jesus turns around and says, well, whose face is on the coin? And he looks at the coin and he says, Caesar's. And he goes, well, then render to Caesar what Caesar's. So now you're thinking, well, whose else's face would be on the coin? And so there was a story, and there used to be a documentary on YouTube, which was taken down because the Shocking. Tibetan monks, right, the Tibetan monks stated that Jesus Christ dwelled with them from shortly after like age 13 until like 28, and then he went back and went into Israel. And so they have all these documents of Christ being with them which they have hid because the government has many of times went into Tibet, you know, trying to get them. Now China actually took over Tibet and the Tibetan people were exiled out of their own country, out of their own land. But the story went that they struck a coin in the image of Christ while he was with them. And then it got circulated. Well, eventually my manager was researching the face of coin of Jesus Christ that was on the coin. And he found some old documents. And so he, he told me about them. And I sent him away to New York to this nunnery who is called the Holy Faith Nuns. It's a group of nuns that distribute these little medals for a price for a donation. In the original documentation, it showed a black and white photo of the same medallion that I had. Then I found out that it was a coin. So we finally ended up having to take the coin out of the ship. And on the backside was a number 10 because that was the value of the coin itself. So it was a coin. It wasn't a medallion. And it has and Christ's face on it, right? Right. I on mean, one I've side held it, has, it. I've seen it. So on one side, it has Christ's face and the other side it has the number amount. 
And you can actually see a picture of it on my fourth book of Revelations. And sealed? It's on sealed, right? Revelations sealed? Right. Yes. Which, speaking of frequency, that's an order, right? You've, you, you've put that in order, correct? Right. So that. So you book, put the book of Revelations in order or what the book is of in Revelations, order? Yeah, the book of Revelations is in order. And then following the order of Revelations under each verse. Is all is the supporting. A, right. There's an Old Testament verse so that the Jews can't say that they didn't know about Revelations because <laughs> everything that's in the New Testament is in the Old Testament. And then B a New Testament verse that confirms the verse that's at hand. And then C, under that, is the empowerment of spiritual power that gets us through the spiritual warfare that we experience on earth. Which is fascinating and, because this reads, right? Because it's an order, this reads... Order, chronological order, yeah. right? That's what you might mean. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. This reads as a frequency. That's why it's called sealed. Like 144,000 were sealed, right? Yeah, like there are 144,000 sealed, but that has to do with the wall of Israel in the new heaven. But it seals you with the salvation once you receive the frequency and you know the word of God because it places that foundation inside of you to establish your ownership to God. So you're protected. So anything that God owns, evil cannot touch. Didn't the greatest theologians or one of them of our time say that it was impossible to put it in order? Yes, uh, that would be Arnold Murray. And then when you came out, when you published this book, the government was like, who the hell is this and how did she do this? Yeah, and they came into my house and wired it for two years and I had to sign a contract that I wouldn't talk about it, which I am. (laughs) 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 and too bad this isn't like a video conference i could show pictures i used to take pictures of all of it too well you know this may be the first that lays the foundation but it's certainly not the last but i think we've covered enough stuff right now that to me is extremely mind-blowing and fascinating and uh i think we're gonna leave it leave it right here for now We'll have to discuss. Oh, wait, where before it. we end, oh. I think everybody wants to hear Vanessa's story, her experience a week ago. Oh. You, mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned it, but then you let us hang in the lurk here and we're all questioning. All right. She's going to tell it again. Sure. I don't really know where to start. It's not a story, but I think it's just an experience of an energy or vibration or feeling. So basically, I started to usually I have a very low pulse. And my pulse started to race, but my heart started to beat really, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, but like hard and big in a way. Like it was like a thump. And usually I have a very low heartbeat. So that was very odd. And I was taking my heartbeat because I know how to manually like, you know, test heart rate variability and just seeing if it's stuck or what's going on. And nope, there was variability. I was totally normal. This was just on my new normal. And I started to see, feel the sensation throughout my whole body. And it wasn't so much a a tingling, but just a, almost like a feeling of warmth, but fullness. Like you were filled up with like the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You could say the Holy Spirit. You could say love. You could say something greater than me. Something you've never experienced before. I've never experienced in that way. I've experienced my heart being full. I've experienced... But you told me like it, it was God. Right. Like, so it was, it was unmistakably something not here. You know, it's not you. You've experienced this before. I would say probably many times, Chris. And you, 
You know it's not of this earth because it's so powerful, but not overwhelming. It's so comforting. You just said something, Sherry, about basically our spirit knows. It's not for our brain to figure out. Yeah, right? because this is the, the definition of the Holy Spirit is undoubtable. There's a knowledge of fact that is an actuality that is confirmed that you cannot dispute. And that is the definition of the Holy Spirit. Like it is undeniable. Yeah. The neatest thing, right. though, is you could just feel it and I could just breathe in and breathe out and it was still there. I mean, it was there for probably an hour or more. That is amazing. Which was neat. And like when you feel that, you just want to sit in it. You just want to be with it. You just want to sit in it because it feels so good. You want more. Yeah. You want to you want to figure out how you can make that feeling last or make that feeling resonate throughout your whole day. Right. And that's celebrating God and loving God because then he'll just keep throwing that at you. And that's where we get to heaven and we live in that realm of completeness of love in the air that just filtrates through us as we breathe. And it surrounds us and it comforts us and it's just amazing. And so we live in this world where people are angry and things are stressful and everything's so fast. And, you know, when you're caught in the dance, you forget that it even exists and you start becoming filled with all that negative energy and it makes you hateful and it, it hurts you. It makes your soul sick. And we, then we, we need do, to all take a step back from the rat race and... And uh, right. reshift our focus. I say, towards your God. life yeah. to God. Yeah. Right. Give it to God, as, as you were just saying. But it also shows us that the things we talk about are actually feelings and sensations and vibrations and frequency. It's not a, you know it because your soul knows it. You don't know it because you read it on a paper or you wrote it out or you achieved something. You feel it. And so you can mm-hmm. start to put these feelings to words rather than them just being words. Right. And that starts to open you up. You know, people talk about good energy or bad energy. And, but when you feel it, you know it. And when you know what negative energy feels like or or spiritual warfare, you don't want anything to do with it. You want to go to the other side. Right. I mean, I actually pray a lot of times, keep me off the battlefield today because I don't want to be in spiritual warfare. It's one thing to say, (laughs) okay, I'm going out today. I'm going to gain ground for you guys. And it's another thing to say, okay, look, I got a lot of paperwork to do. Please keep me off the battlefield, Mm -hmm. you know. But a perfect example of what Vanessa is saying is it says that when the the apostles preached the word of God, that they preached with fervent power of the Holy Spirit that penetrated through them. And that is what healed the people listening was that energy passing through them, the Holy Spirit passing through them to the people that were hearing the word of God because it was that feeling that manifested into actuality and into life. It was brought into life and it moved particles and it moved atoms and it was able to heal people because the word is truth and the word is life. So every practitioner or healing arts practitioner or anyone in the healing field essentially needs to understand this. They're not healing anyone. Right. God is. The medical field is just medicating people. Nobody's getting healed. But even on the like holistic healing but side. But we should of be side, conduits things. of this, just like the apostles were. Right. For the word. And not thinking that we're doing everything ourselves. Right. Well, man has no power except if God gives it. And so God gives us the wisdom of how to use the power through the Holy Spirit. 
and he's given us the word as our textbooks to study and then together the connection through Christ that allows us to have the privilege of the Holy Spirit. We receive the understanding on how to work it and then we realize it's not us doing it, it's God working through us. Just like I'm not a writer, I could barely speak clear, you know, clearly, but the Holy Spirit inspires me to write information that I have to share with the world. Well, you're sharing it, and I hope you guys are ready for blowing this sky high because it's going to come fast and furious. Well, I would just love to set this world on fire for the Holy Spirit. It's about to turn that way. Be careful what you wish for. Well, that's the best thing I can hope is it's the idea of saving people's salvation. Everyone invests in their future for retirement, but nobody invests in their salvation for all eternity. And I'm not saying everybody has to be a minister or a nun or an eschatologist or, or like Vanessa, a doctor and heal people or like you doing the gold mine to help all the poor. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> but I mean, everyone don't, don't needs tell it, the government it, so. how I'm going to get the gold because if they go down there now, they can't get anything. <laughs> <laughs> but like everyone needs to have that salvation so they don't you know, burn in hell, basically. You know, they need to be secured and be saved. People need something to look forward to, something they need. They need their rock back. And this is the greatest time ever to bring this back on, on is, all but... levels, on all fronts. People are, are desperate for a lot of things right now. And, and comfort and love is certainly high on that list. Well, unfortunately, though, like if you notice, people are hardening. Their souls are hardening. People are getting like brainwashed into being comfortable in manic atmospheres. And Mm. so they're like numb. People are like just numb and they just don't realize that they even need to come back to life and feel that renewal of the Holy Spirit and the renewal of the relationship with Jesus Christ and to to renew their free will back to God and dedicate themselves back so that they can be alive again. It's like the world is like the zombies because of the chaos going around everybody. Everyone just wants to sit still and hopes that they don't get burned by the fire. Zombies stuck with all of their low vibrating energy patterns like negativity and anger and fear. I see that in my work all the time in that people are, they get complacent with not feeling well. And then that becomes the norm. So they don't know there's anything more. They just think they have to deal with it and kind of work from that low vibration. And I think everyone's stuck right now. They're used to, for many reasons, functioning in almost like a manic way or not looking elsewhere and above particularly. And so they don't know they need to. Right. Exactly. Yeah, this, here's, here's to getting we're, unstuck. We're telling you, <laughs> you need to. Right. I'm just worried because like people here in this are going to go, well, how do I do it? I've been to church, but I don't feel filled there. You know, so. And don't go. Read yeah, the word. Absolutely. And you know what What else is, uh, if you go to outofthecommon.net, we can probably help with a lot of things that are thrown your way. There you go. And if you're not a reader, some people don't have the best eyes. They can listen to the Bible on audio. You That's know, on my their... favorite when spiritual warfare gets intense, blasted in the right. airwaves. Nothing can I... come around. <laughs> I say nothing. <laughs> I always feel very comforted if I fall asleep with the word of God on, you know, I, I feel better. I'm not having that, those chaotic 
streams and it's just it is it's a lot of protection ton of and protection. so a ton of protection the best right. protection ever i mean plus it's like we're not supposed to go to church because we are supposed to commune with other christians and that's where christians go and so even if the church isn't exactly the most fulfilling if you can form a bible study or just go to lunch with somebody and have that relationship with another christian then you're at least with another person that's on the same page as you and you're not being subjected to people who aren't Christians. That's another problem that I see in the world is everyone's unequally yoked. And because there's like fewer and fewer Christians, the people that the Christians hang out with aren't necessarily fulfilling them and keeping them in check. That makes sense. So we're like a giant breed and we need to renew it all. And so I'm just hoping that when all this comes forth, I mean, two books on TAC are already out there. There's four books on Revelation, but everybody who has bought TAC books always writes me and says, I need the third book and how to activate it. And that has not been disclosed yet. Will it ever be disclosed? Well, you and me both know that that's still on the table for discussion. Mm-hmm. I just wanted you to say it. <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, Sherry, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We have so much more to talk about, but this was a super cool foundation and the information you shared we discussed was awesome. I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Thank you. And Vanessa and Jed, thanks for having me on the show. Jed. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Join our community at outofthecommon.net and pass along a prayer and positivity today.